Courageous is a word that describes America's veterans. Sadly, another word we can use is homeless. During this crisis, many veterans are living on the street. You can help. Donate at CardboardToHeadboard.org. I'm Paul DeGarabedian for Comscore's freshly relaunched Many Screens Big Picture podcast. And I have a very, very special guest today. Amy Shackelford comes from a family that bleeds motor oil. And I happen to know this because we're related, actually, through family, uh, through marriage, through really a long-standing relationship between our families. So it, it's really cool. The Shacklefords and the Daguerrebedians go way back. But Amy comes from a family that bleeds motor oil. Her great uncles, the Famigetti brothers, built sprint midget race cars in Los Angeles in the 1930s through the 1960s. What an era, right? Amazing. Pernelli Jones, Rajo Jack, Alan Heath, and more drove their beautiful race cars, the Famigetti Brothers race cars. After a six-year career as a human resources director, Amy decided to pursue her passion in 2008, and that is the automotive world. Currently, her company, the, her latest company is Gear One Agency, which is a full-blown marketing agency specializing in automotive. And I'm going to let Amy just kick it off right here. I am amazed at your background in the automotive world because it is in your blood. Do you think that's why you gravitated towards the car world? Or did you, when you were young, did you get a, you know, did somebody give you a ride in a car and you're like, holy crap, this is cool. How did you, Amy, get into the car world when you were younger? I mean, so as a child, I definitely contribute actually more my dad to anything else because when my dad used to drive me around, he would point out exotic cars and I just got the bug for them. I loved Lamborghinis and Ferraris, uh, Rolls Royce. He got me hooked on it. So I always had a fascination for luxury cars. It wasn't until I was 23. Five, I believe that I was at that job as a human resources director, went to a local exotic car shows in Woodland Hills called Supercar Sunday. And that's it. I'm like, I have to find some way to get into this industry because I just want to have fun. I want to make money and I want to have fun making money. I don't want to sit behind a desk and push papers and fire people. And so I went for it in all different directions. <laughs> <laughs> and that's 2008. Yeah, that's 2008. I joined uh, back then forums were really hot for car people. I joined an online forum called luxuryforeplay.com. Mm -hmm. um, I know it sounds wrong, but it's not. It was geared towards uh, cars and watches and everything luxury related. Uh, I joined their forum and started posting and they asked me, hey, would you be interested in getting us some advertisers for our website? We only have three We'll pay you for every one you get us. And every time they re-sign up, you'll continue to get paid. So I started that. Within a year, I was up to 30, 40 vendors on the website. And it just took off from there. Do you think that's because your passion came through? It wasn't like, you know, there's some people who, let's say, are sales managers like you were for Luxury Foreplay for widgets. And they're not really into widgets, but, you know, it's a job. It's a living. Do you think that the reason you were so successful was because that passion for automotive, all things automotive came through? I think that definitely was the case. And it still stands the case now with all the current uh, businesses that I own and work for. Uh, having a passion for what you do 
shines through to companies and people. They want somebody to be a part of what they're doing, have passion to help sell what they're selling. And it makes a huge difference hiring an ad advertising agency that knows nothing about cars, that just wants to deliver numbers and hiring one like us, like you're one agency that actually loves cars and probably does way more than we should, but we don't care because we love it. <laughs> Well, that's that authenticity, right? It's organic. It's kind of like we alluded to earlier, it's baked into your DNA. So you're you're not pretending to love cars. You love them. And that comes through to everyone around you. And I think that's really interesting. Uh, I want to switch gears a little bit because I want to, towards the end of this, I definitely in the bonus round, I want to get into what you're doing now, where we can find you, what are the projects you're most excited about, a few other cool questions. So stand by for that towards the end of the podcast. But what I thought of would be perfect for you, and it would fit in with the many screens, big picture ethos, if you will, is to talk about movies and car movies in particular. And if you go online, there's a lot of lists, right? There's lists of the best <laughs> car movies, a lot of them. Some of them we agree with, some of them we don't. That's the beauty of those lists and the passion we have for them. But I want to go through some of these films with you. I want to start really with the latest one, which is Ford versus Ferrari. That is a movie that came out not that long ago, and it was a huge hit. Critically acclaimed, James Mangold did a great job. Christian Bale, Matt Damon. What did you think of Ford versus Ferrari? I thought it was even better than I thought it was going to be. I, I thought it was great. I thought it depicted everything well. I think they're a little harsh on corporate, but I mean, you got to make the movie. Uh, Matt Damon did a great job. Everybody did a great job in that movie. I've seen it twice now. So I, I, I was yeah. fortunate to get to see it before it came out at a theater where they parked a bunch of Ford GTs and uh, Ferraris in, in front of the theater. So it was pretty cool um, to experience it that way and with all car people. So the whole theater was nothing but car people. I saw it at a screen, an early screening, not as early as you, and there were no GT40s parked in front of where I saw it. But like everyone who knows me and probably who knew you, when they saw the trailer for it, they're like, that's your movie. Like I could not wait for that movie. And it really did deliver because you could feel, again, the passion. And I think the actors even said they weren't that big of car people, no. but they learned everything about it and really got into it. And that came through, I think, in a big way. And the racing scenes, the way they were shot seemed very authentic to me. Of course, always there's liberties taken with the story. Uh, if you look it up, not all of that intrigue was necessarily the way it exactly was portrayed, but find a movie where it is. I mean, part of that is making it entertaining, but just looking at those cars on the big screen, I thought was so interesting and flat out fun. Yeah, no, it, it was. And I remember seeing an interview with Matt Damon's and he's like, I didn't really know much about cars and how, what he did and what he went through to learn about the cars. So it was great to see him put an effort in to have a better understanding of the role before he took it. Do you think it depends on where you grow up? I grew up in Southern California. I know you did too. I think if you grow up in a car-based culture, look, it's not just relegated to California. There's a lot of places, but there are other areas in the country where you either take you know, a subway or some other form of transportation or the weather isn't really conducive to having you know, luxury cars or sports cars, that kind of thing. I still 
weird out at my East Coast friends that tell me, oh, it's time to put my car away. I'm like, what? Where are you putting your car? <laughs> oh, it's, no, it's November. We have to put our car away until spring. And I'm like, oh, I couldn't imagine not being able to track or go in the canyons for that long period of time. So, yeah, I definitely think different areas are more car friendly. I mean, and then you have areas that are all about trucks and things like that. And then also Europe, obviously the German cars, the Italian cars, of course, British cars. There's so many great European marks that are so incredible. I may be belaboring the point a little bit too much, but I think cars, I was talking to somebody the other day on my podcast about how bonding over a good whiskey can bring people together. And I find the same thing with cars that if you find people who may not have that much in common, at least at first blush, and then you start talking and you bring up cars, cars can really bring people together, the passion. That's definitely been a beneficial thing for me, bringing people together, meeting people online because of cars, meeting people at car meets because of cars. It's, it, it is. It's, it's the one common thing that everybody loves. And you can put aside everything else, politics, especially right now. People just want to talk about cars. We just completed a car rally and we had a lot of different people on there with a lot of different views, but by the second day, nobody cared because we just want to talk about cars and drive. So it's, it's definitely the same thing as a, a drink, sharing a drink. Yeah. That's really cool. And when you start talking about engines and limited slip differentials and the latest cool car innovations or some vintage car that's on your dream list. I think that's really cool. I want to jump now to another film, Gone in 60 Seconds. That was on your list, Amy. And I remember the original. Are you talking about the remake with Nicolas Cage and Angelina? I'm sure you're talking about Yeah, I mean, I I, I love Angelina Jolie. So that was definitely one of my favorite movies. They were great in that movie. I love that movie. I don't know. I think maybe I was in my late teens, 20s. I can't remember when that movie came out, but that was one of my favorites. I know a lot of people pick other ones and that didn't make it on all the car lists, but for my generation, that was a big car movie. Yeah. For I as well. I I mean, definitely was a film where the original one, I remember just, there was a motorcycle film too around that time called On Any Sunday, I think with Malcolm Smith. So it was like this really cool thing where you could go and see gone in 60 seconds. And I remember the Eleanor car, which is a different car in the original than in the later one. But I remember we were a big Mustang family. My first car was a 69 Mustang Mach 1. I'm sure you're aware of it. My dad brought that car home, didn't tell anybody it was sitting in the driveway. I walked out there and saw the window sticker. I'm like, what is this? It was a like a British racing green Mach 1 with the 394 barrel. What a car. I remember that, but Gone in 60 Seconds had the later Mustang with the fastback. I think it was a 73 or a 74. But why did you pick that movie as one of your favorites? Was it just the concept or the way the, I mean, there was a lot of car chase in there. What was it about that movie? It's a couple of things. First of all, I'm obsessed with car chases. All my <laughs> Anytime there's a car chase, somebody tags me on Facebook and I share it. So I'm obsessed with car chases. I always have been. Well, you mean the ones on the news or in a movie? Both. This car chases in general. I love action movies. I love, you know, I love seeing the car chases. That's why I like all the Fast and Furious stuff too. Um, Yeah. But I just like the way they film the car chases on there, and I like all there's there's so many different cars on there that you know make my mouth water. I like I like to see that, and I think yeah, I think Angelina Nicholas did a good job. Again, I am an Angelina fan, so um, I, I think she did a good job in there. I do too. I like that one. And it's tough too, because you have people who are really obsessed with the originals. And when you remake something, that's a very high bar 
to live up to. And then often with movies, we idealize movies that we grew up with. And then you watch them again and you're like, oh, it wasn't as good as I remember. Or you might watch a movie that you didn't really think was that good at the time. You're like, holy crap, this is a great movie. But I think car chases are inherently cinematic. And I think you even go back to the early days of cinema with the Keystone Cops and all that kind of frenetic energy that comes from the motor vehicle. But it's been interesting to watch from Bullet to The Rock, which had a really good car chase in it, to something like Drive and Baby Driver. I loved Baby Driver. Baby Driver was so good. I just felt so bad for that kid. I just felt so bad for the kid. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about Baby Driver. That opening scene, it was shot out of a cannon right off the bat. I took my mom, my late mother, to see it, and she loved that movie. Was that one of the best opening scenes of all time? Yeah, it was, and it was t- intense. The whole, you know, putting his uh, headphones on and tuning everything else out, I just thought that was so cool that they did that. Like, yeah. he was in his own world. And the driving scenes were really good. The, the driving scenes are so good in that movie. Well, the part where he goes through the alley and he hits the e-brake and slides between the, yeah. like, I don't know, the trash bin and another car and he just keeps going. It's so cool. It's so whoever did all the stunt work in that is good. <laughs> Pretty amazing. And, you know, that movie was interesting because I think in some of these films, what they do is they shoot with drivers, with the actors in a car, with drivers who are driving either a secondary steering situation or something. I remember the movie Ronin with Robert De Niro. Not a lot of people saw that movie, but they shot that for real, like practical driving. And they were driving against traffic and they were obviously driving in, in, in these tunnels in Europe. And I remember they showed the behind the scenes and Robert De Niro's reactions are real because, I mean, he's pretending to drive the car. Yeah. But there's basically a race car driver in it with us, you know, like we in Driver's Ed with the, with the steering, with the two steering wheels. And you're going along for the ride of your life. And they actually had stunt cars coming head on with them. And it was all like a ballet coordinated. But Baby Driver definitely had that vibe. Yeah, it did. And Ronan, I haven't seen that in so long. So the list you sent me, I like wrote down 10 of them that I haven't seen or I haven't seen for so long that we're going to add to the list of nightly movie watches. <laughs> right. Bullet is one of those, you know, that was a, a a watershed moment with Steve McQueen and that Mustang. And I think they recently auctioned that original Mustang, which had been through a lot. And Chad McQueen was part of selling, auctioning off that car. Bullet, I think, is the one where 1968 audiences, they'd see maybe a chariot race in a couple of movies, but not a car chase like that. What does Bullet mean to you? I mean, I again, I haven't seen it in a long time, but it made the Mustang iconic to me. I, I never really was into Mustangs that much, except for those those earlier models. And I, I, I love the Bullet Mustang. Um, it's definitely on my bucket list of cars. And of course, Steve McQueen's an icon. Yeah. Anything he's in is great. And Chad McQueen, right? That's his brother. Yeah, Chad McQueen. Is I've fun. met him in a few car events. Do you think a movie can make a car inherently cooler? Like for you, Mustang wasn't really on your radar, but isn't there something about seeing a really cool car in the big screen that makes you go, hey, I, I want that? Oh, yeah. I-, I definitely think movies have done that. I think Fast and Furious did that with a lot of cars, too. Ford versus Ferrari. The normal crowd out there didn't really know what a Ford GT was like we all do. Everybody knows what a Ferrari is, but I know a lot of non-car people that kind of fell in love with that car after watching the movie that didn't know anything about it before. Or the GT40, actually, which is worth a gazillion dollars. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, there's a lot of replica GT40s. Hell, I'd take one of those. I actually, I just felt like you have to have the real deal. You have to have the real GT40 or real Cobra. Now I'm like... 
car are you gonna i get nervous driving my car around <laughs> let alone a, a car that's worth half a million dollars million dollars or more yeah and there's not that many of them left like the, the shelby cobras there's not that many left so you know you kind of if you want to carry on the legacy of the car you have to do the replicas and places like um, hillbank motors they do a really good job of making replica cobras and the gt40s i mean those are six figures still you're still paying <laughs> right but they're so well done there's another company I, I don't remember the name who who's redoing the xke jaguar oh, and it's yeah. like a, it's insane right I can't remember what company that was but i'm like holy that thing is so nice it's so nice i wouldn't even drive that i'd feel scared driving that on the road and then you have singer who's doing those amazing Porsches with the air-cooled 400 horsepower. I think they're up to four liters air-cooled in those. My resto mod, my perfect resto mod doesn't wind up costing more than the car it's trying to replicate, right? Yeah, yeah. Singers are over a million dollars. Um, those are not cheap. And then there's Gunther Works, which came in with another Porsche. Yeah. Um, not as expensive, but still half a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's still really cool. I And then... On your list are a couple cool ones, Talladega Nights and Thelma and Louise. These two car movies could not be more different. Talladega Nights is very overtly a car movie. It's about NASCAR. And Thelma and Louise, it's a road trip in a T-Bird, but the car is a big part of the story. And certainly at the end, it's a character in the movie. So let's talk about those. What, which one do you want to start with, Talladega or Thelma? Talladega Nights, the reason why I picked that is... First of all, people who are into NASCAR are going to love that. That's going to be a car movie for them. But I've never really been into NASCAR. And like yeah. watching that actually made me go watch <laughs> a NASCAR race because that was just so funny. And it showed you one side of NASCAR. I'm like, okay, what is this about? And I had started watching a, a few races. And then uh, we had Kurt Busch come with us on Gold Rush Rally. And, you know, it's a whole NASCAR is a whole different world. They're, they're all great people. And that movie kind of made me learn more about NASCAR. Well, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning, where cars can bring people together, but not just cars, but car movies. And I agree with you. I've never been a NASCAR aficionado, but then again, I'm I'm more into just street driving. <laughs> you know, I'm not a big racing fan, as crazy as that sounds, but I love it. And Talladega Nights definitely made NASCAR relatable, made it yeah. funny. I hope the NASCAR world loved that movie too. I thought it was uh, irreverent, but I think it was respectful. But there were, of course, it's Will Ferrell. He's so funny. So great. John <laughs> C. Riley. So what a great movie. And then Thelma Louise, critically acclaimed film. Brad Pitt made a, quite the impression, to say the least, in that movie. Why is that movie on your list, Thelma and Louise? Because to me, um, part of being in the car world and part of cars is going on road trips, being in your car, being on the road together. And being in a cool car, you know, that's a classic, iconic car. And that ending scene is stuck in everybody's head. And it's yeah. them going over the cliff in the car. And that image is painted in my head forever. But being in the car world, again, it's not just racetracks. It's road trips. And it always relates to me taking road trips. Well, I think of... Uh... National Lampoon's Vacation, oh, the yeah. family truckster. <laughs> yes, yes. We had somebody take an e-wagon and wrap it in that. And it no. looks like a family truckster. I, yes, I'll send you a picture later. It's I want to see that. <laughs> that is so cool. But yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, the you could have a movie that's a road trip movie that isn't on its on the surface a car movie, but the car becomes a character. Yep. 
And that's really cool. Amy, we've been talking about dramatic films, narrative-based films, dramas and comedies about cars. Are there any documentaries that you can recommend to our listeners? Yes. So one of my favorite documentaries is called Apex, The Secret Race Across America. And it highlights um, the Cannonball Run, not the movie, the legit street race where you had to drive from New York to uh, Redondo Beach, actually, California, as fast as you can. It's really great. It talks about Cannonball and the U.S. Express, which was another underground race that happened in the 80s. Um, And again, there's people still trying to break the record. Yeah. And my friend Arnie Taman, he broke it again six months ago. Uh, And uh, it's a pretty awesome thing. I kind of want to do it, but it takes a lot of work to do And for those who are uninitiated or don't know, can you explain a little bit more about what the Cannonball Run? I think most people know, but can you talk about that a little bit? So basically, um, it starts at a car garage in New York, and you have to get across the country all the way to Redondo Beach, California, which is the other end, as fast as you possibly can. So you don't want to stop too much. You don't want to get tickets. <laughs> you don't want to go to the bathroom. Like they, right. people are crazy. They'll, guys will put catheters on and like, oh my they god, won't stop. yeah. And they'll put a um, they'll put a gas tank in their trunk that you know holds 30, 40 gallons of gas, so they don't have to stop. This movie is currently available on a website. Uh, yeah, I think you can just go to um, their website, the apex uh, com. Let me see here, apexthesecretrace.com, and you can tap to stream it. And it talks about what the whole process is. And it features some of the people who have originally done like the first Cannonball Run and people who did the uh, U.S. Express. They interview them. And you know some of the people in it, right? Are you familiar with the folks in the movie? Yes. So um, some of the more current uh, record breakers like Alex Roy, um, he's featured in there quite a bit. He talks on there and he's a very interesting character. And so it's, it's definitely a must see. It's, you know, it's this whole secret race that nobody really knows about. They just think it's a TV show and, or a TV, a movie. And it's right. an actual race. Yeah. I remember hearing about the cannonball run, the gumball rally, all those things. And I know as a kid, they were mythical. It was like, a, a, I didn't think it really existed. And honestly, back Way back in the day, we used to do car rallies where you'd get assignments. You had to be at such and such restaurant. You had to decipher uh, what these clues meant and then get there as quickly as possible in your car. And we used to do that all over Palos Verdes, PV Drive East, and all down there by the by the ocean, by Marine Land, and that was a lot of fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. But yeah, Alex Roy also uh, was an editor of this movie, too. Oh, I cool. Well, that. I want everyone to check out Apex, The Secret Race. I think now it's time to switch gears again, not to belabor the, uh, the car analogy, but I want to know about you, Amy. What are you working on right now? What are you excited about? And where can we find you on all the social media platforms and uh, find out more about you. So uh, right now we have a few things going on. Um, I started Gear One Agency along with two other partners. It's been uh, almost two years, I believe. Um, It's an automotive marketing agency. We kind of do everything, websites, consulting, social media management, um, influencer stuff. We we pretty much do it all, but all of our clients are are automotive uh, related from you know, Toyota to BBS wheels, um, local shops, um, and events. We do event planning as well. So we've had a couple of local shows here, which 
we can't have this year, but hopefully next year, like Cars and Copters in Huntington Beach, which features hypercars and helicopters. It's been great. It's only been two years, and I'm excited to see where the company goes. It's great to do what you love for a living, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. And you're on Instagram, you're on Twitter. Where can we find you on uh, the those platforms? I The best one is my own. It's Petrol Girl, P-E-T-R-O-L-G-I-R-L. Um, I got that name from somebody on luxuryforeplay.com a long time ago. It was a somebody from England and that name just kind of stuck, but you can find me on there. That's a perfect name. Just completed gold rush rally. It was a nine day car rally that took us through seven States and 3,400 miles. So yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome, but tough because trying to have an event during COVID has been insane. Well, you know, it's interesting too. And, and uh, I should have brought this up earlier, you know, drive in according to our com score data, we track all that data, obviously, and drive ins have been doing great business. Yeah. All through the summer, people found a way to combine their passion for movies and cars into one and your safe safety cocoon inside your own car seems to be a natural for the situation. But yeah, it must be daunting and challenging to do that. But where there's a, a will, there's a way. And obviously the car culture doesn't just stop. No, you just find ways to make it work and to be safe and healthy and make sure everyone's protected. And certainly it's caused a lot of businesses to become very uh, nimble and uh, innovative in this situation. It's all about adapting. So we adapted um, on the event. We usually go to nightclubs and we eat dinners inside and, you know, track with 200 people and we just had to be creative and have dinners outside and, driving a lot more normally we only drive in five six hours a day we were, we were driving an average of i'd say eight hours a day oh really wow yeah. okay love driving <laughs> <laughs> that was just completed and now we have fuel run midnight run um to las vegas coming up december 11th through 13th where we leave newport beach at 8 p.m and arrive in vegas at midnight um, and have another drive and dinner and lunch plan the next day. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, if I can ever tag along on one of those, just let me know. You sure can. In fact, you should definitely come on the next one. <laughs> I would love to, Amy. Thank you so much. I'm going to hit you with one last question. Uh, what's your favorite car movie? Um, I'm going to go back to Gone in 60 Seconds. For me, that's an iconic movie to me at that when I was that age. Um, every car, I love every single car in that movie, and I, I like the actors in that movie. Yeah, great pick for your favorite car movie well thank you for being on many screens big picture amy shackelford who is just one of the coolest people i know and maybe the coolest car person i know because your passion for cars and also the people you know i i get a sense from you that it's really about the people too yeah it's, it's sort of the whole package the whole thing coming together and i think you bring a lot of people together through their love of cars and that's really important right now to find common interests common things we can really uh, all agree on. I think fast, cool cars are something everyone can agree on. I definitely agree 100%. And thank you for having me. 